Welcome to the School Connect podcast. At School Connect, we know it takes a village to help every child reach their full potential. So, each episode, we'll hear stories of normal people who became heroes, solving community problems in powerful and creative ways. We know these stories will inspire you to create the change you hope to see. So, Tracy, I have a question. Yeah. You know, I love to start our, our shows with questions. I never know what you're going to say, what your I question know. is. I know. What is the question? I think you're going to like this question. Okay. If I gave you a thousand dollars. Yes. A thousand. And when you, and when you received a thousand dollars, it just magically turned into like $4,000. Would you accept that gift? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's and, not a, that's not a hard <laughs> question to answer. Well, why would you, why would you accept that gift? Why would I accept $4,000? Well, I gave you a thousand. Yeah. But it turned into 4,000. It multiplied. It multiplied. Right? Why wouldn't you want a gift that multiplies? Then I know. You get to, exactly. Then you can share it, right? Right. Right. So I think the beauty of the conversation that we're having today is the power of multiplication when mm. it comes to teacher appreciation. Because oftentimes when we think about teacher appreciation, we think it's just impacting the educators or the teachers, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. When in reality, I can give a teacher a gift card, give them a thank you note, I can appreciate them, and it's going to have a double impact, right? Because it's going to impact the teacher. Yeah. And who else? Well, it's gonna it's gonna impact the students. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. And so it's a twofold gift. It's the gift that keeps on giving. So today. I think we thought it would be great to start the podcast to really hear a story kind of from the front lines of our educators of what they're doing for students and why that's so important for us to make sure that we're continuing to fill their cup so that they can take care of our students. Do you want to introduce who's joining us today? I, I totally do. I'm I'm really grateful that we get to have this conversation. My friend, Susie Smith, it, who's the principal of Desert Foothills um, Middle School, is on the, the line with us today. And Susie, you and I have been friends for years and just yes. fostered those community partnerships that mean so much to schools. But you and I were talking the other day as you had a community partner, Andrea Worth and Calvary Community were helping you remodel your teacher's lounge as a part of teacher appreciation. In the middle of that, you said something to Andrea and then you told me the story and it haunts me um, with how important it is to pour into educators because they are in turn pouring into kids who have been going through so, so much. And I Absolutely. would just love you to tell that story, Susie. Absolutely. So uh, thank you, uh, Tracy, so much for being here. And for Tim, It's it really is an honor. I think it's so important that no matter how busy we are and, and during this coming out of this pandemic, how heavy things are, is that we we take this time to be able to inform each other and celebrate. And um, I really feel it's an honor to be able to, um, to share with you uh, a day in the life of where we are in our schools. And uh, I just shared that right now at Desert Foothills, we have four different students that have lost a parent this year to COVID-19, the pandemic, and how um, important it is and what an honor it is to have those kids at our school and in such great hands as our teachers at Desert Foothills 
to be able to um, support them, to love them, to help them to progress and to understand that this too shall pass, right? And that they belong here with us, they're loved here, and that um, while we need to focus on control, what we can control. But for us, um, you know, never did we imagine that we were going to be in that situation. Um, one, one student in particular chose to come back to Desert Foothills that he um, had attended one of our elementary feeder schools for his younger years. And then when the pandemic hit in 2020, he moved across town, um, the valley, and uh, with his only parent that he had, he was a um, single parent, unfortunately had COVID and passed away within a two-month period in this fall semester. And with grandparents getting custody um, of, of the student, of the child, um, he, and they, you know, not familiar with the area that um, the grandparents had lived here in the Valley, said, you know, I'd really like to go to Desert Foothills where my former classmates are attending now, you know, and as an eighth grader. And so, of course, we opened our arms up to him and to have an open enrollment for him to be able to have um, that base for him today so that he feels, you know, safe and secure and belonging with us classmates and friends. And um, through the use of social media and, and phones, he's been able to keep in touch with those friendships that had been established in his elementary years so that he can finish his eighth grade year here with us at Desert Foothills before he transitions to family members and ethnical in, in uh, the state of Texas will be adopting him, you know, for his high school years. But uh, that that's one of four of our students um, out of the 700 kids that we have that have been directly impacted. You know, there's lots of those stories, but for our teachers to be able to focus on the social and emotional growth and, and well-being of all of our students, uh, you know, on one hand, how important that is. And then, of course, for what we get paid for, right, in schools is academic achievement and for them to be focused on preparing the correct lesson plans to make them engaging and being able to really monitor the kids and support them academically with our state standards and for their achievement. Our teachers are just so willing. They roll their sleeves up and that's what they do. They make a positive impact on kids on a daily basis. By nature, teachers are nurturers for sure. And this has definitely brought out all the great characteristic traits of a nurturer for all staff, but specifically our teachers who truly are in the trenches every day for our students and being able to have that calmingness to them to know where everything is going to be okay. We're going to, we're all in this together. And then on the other hand of being able to motivate them to that our kids know we have to move forward and we have to control what we can control to be our very best that we can be. This is the only time these kids are in seventh grade or it's the only time that they are in eighth grade and how impacting each day, each week, each month, each quarter of their school year is. So it's um, our teachers are the ones that are, are truly in the trenches, making that positive difference every day for our students. You know, I'm, I'm, we've been listening to some of the background sounds of the school uh, while you're talking. And what that makes me think about right now, to be honest, is that you know, it's not easy to constantly have your focus shifted. Your focus shifts from here to here to here. And, and that's the sense that I've had is that our kids and our educators have had to have their focus shift as they try to take care of all the different Absolutely. kinds of things that are happening. And some of those focus changes are as big as a parent dying, the only parent they have, and now they're an orphan. Uh, or right. it can be as as um, 
the next level down, which is I was going to this school. Now I'm out in Mesa going to school. Now my parent dies. And now I'm going out supposedly to another whole district that they've never experienced before. And, um, And then you think about that's exactly that whole navigation, which really feels to me like an incredible roller coaster ride, mostly down, right? Absolutely. Um, That same journey is is being gone on with educators as they walk with him through every single step of that phase, right? That's right. That's exactly right. They're pouring out their lives. They're pouring Mm -hmm. out their expertise. They're pouring out their care. And then they are, they are thin, with their ability to be able to do everything, right? right. And um, and then their focus has to constantly shift because you, you don't just have a bunch of kids who are, you know, coming from normally hard circumstances. You have them coming right. from really challenging circumstances and that's then right. they're trying to learn. And so that's why. And I think what's really important to point out is most of the time our teachers are graded on what happens in the classroom, the grades that the students are achieving. And they're not graded or given um, accolades for how they help those students navigate the death of the parent. How do you navigate teaching a student when they're going through some significant grief? So our teachers have to go through this process of dealing with the first layer of the issue, which is helping them navigate the grief or not having food or not, or any of the other challenges that come along. And then once that is resolved, then they have to focus on teaching and getting the test scores where they need to be so that they can get the funding. It just kind of is this vicious circle. And we really have to, I think, stop and ask the question, what are we measuring? Are we measuring the right things? And is it possible to measure what a teacher does when it comes to that psychosocial support that they provide in the classroom, which when done well, allows them to connect with the students, to get them to learn, to achieve the test scores, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And none of that is on a test. You know, what did you endure this year? You know, what what, what things has your, because all of our homes and families are, you know, individual. And so none, none of that is on, is on a test or the relationship that has been built or the confidence, you know, and contentness that we see in our kids as we progress through, you know, attributed to the teachers and to the, the school being, you know, a, a happy, warm, safe place where children feel that they belong. There's no measurement of that, right? We don't, we don't have that uh, in place. You know, our teachers meet our students, you know, where, wherever they are, whether they have had uh, you know, the pandemic directly in their home, affecting their homes, um, as I've shared, or, you know, being able to be in a home where they did not get what they needed when we were in school closure all three quarters of last year, you know, and right. that nervousness for our kids, such an influential age, right, of middle school. But for right. so for our right. teachers to have those kids overcome that and say, you, you right where you are is where you are to be it, and that you are wonderful and you're beautiful and we're going to get through this together this year. Right. And we're all in this right. together. We've said that over and over again and follow along and you do put your best forward so you can be your smartest and your best and we will get there. And we really do focus Agreed. a lot on you, you've already learned from your families and from your teachers in your elementary years, all that you need to know about your, you know, your good character. And now we've got you here we're, that you are safe here and that you're loved here and you're wanted here. And uh, for the, the teachers to be able to have that exactly like you said, Tim, their names, the teacher's name goes on that child's score. They're, right. they're responsible right. for that number and that score, that label, that level. 
And so, you know, you we really have to make sure that our teachers understand and are appreciated that we know we're inside the system. We know what that right. looks like. And so we we are lifting them up and saying, we do our, you do your best too. So as they're comforting, you know, the administration is comforting the teachers and being able to remind them yeah. how important yep. they are and that they're human. And so there's going to be times when it does feel too heavy. So what do we do? Just like we would, they're telling their students is we give our best. You do, you know, that you can put your very best forward. You have your eyes on, on the success that we want and we'll move forward. If that's how we treat, treat each other, right? That's how we should be. That's right. our teachers need right. to um, really be lifted up and appreciated for that because it is an honor, you know, that we have the, the quality teachers that we have to be able to say, I want to make a difference on a daily basis when we really say that. Right. And that's what every teacher does. They make a positive difference daily for our students yep. and which of course is, mm-hmm. you know, for their families. So it really is an honor mm-hmm. in my position to be able to show the teachers how much we appreciate them, not just in the wonderful week in May that we have our teacher appreciation week. Of course, that's beautiful. That's favorite week. I love that. It's that they've chosen this career and they've chosen this mission and path you know, to make a positive difference. We right. all know how impacting adults can be in our life, right? And, and educators in our history, you know, of our school years of how important that is. I, I couldn't agree more with everything that you're saying. And I just want to say, you know, thank you to you on behalf of a parent to listen to how you're just talking and to listen to your vision and your goals and what you're hoping to accomplish in the classroom beyond just teaching students as a parent is impactful. And so, you know, as we continue this conversation, the stories that you've just shared really continue to um, reinforce the significance that Teacher Appreciation Week has. And, you know, our goal at School Connect is to make sure that we help the community members who want to be a part of that process to know how to do it well, to give them resources and access and connections and introductions, and to really um, be able to exceed at the appreciation side of the equation. So again, thank you so much for all that you do. And we're going to continue to keep supporting you and your schools as you go through these next few months and get into the summer months and hopefully have a break and we can have the great reset before we go into next year. Absolutely. Tracy, I can't wait to hear from our next guest um, that is going to share some of the things that they are doing to respond to teacher appreciation. So don't go away. Every dollar donated through School Connect is multiplied fourfold as community partners collaborate together to multiply impact. Help us support sustainable local solutions to the challenges our schools face. Visit schoolconnectaz.org and make your donation. So Tracy, we just heard um, a really challenging story about all of the things that our kids are facing in school, which they're bringing to school, which in turn is putting an extra layer of responsibility on our educators and really causing them to do probably a lot more than they ever thought that they would be doing when they entered the classroom. I think that as I've been partnering with School Connect, the one thing that I have really taken away is educators are not just teachers. Right. And they have a whole depth and breadth of things that they're responsible for. And there's a huge 
I want to say burden, but that sounds negative. I'm going to switch it out and say responsibility mm-hmm. that the teachers have that are almost like, the, as you have said in the past, they're almost like uh, emergency responders, first responders in many ways. Would you agree? Yeah, I would. I, I think most educators get into education because they have a heart for kids. Like they have, right. a, they have a big heart. Right. And so when they know that a child has just lost someone or that they are in transition uh, or that there's a a huge amount of conflict going on in their world, they know that that student is a whole kid, a whole person, and they come to school with all of that. And then that means they're not only educating them in that moment, but they're actually wrapping their their arms of love and, and care and support around those kids, too. Right. So when we think about, you know, our educators today and all of the challenges that they are um, really bearing and all of the great things that they're doing, it continues to reinforce the significance of our communities rallying together to make sure that we're communicating appreciation, which is really the topic of today's conversation. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. There couldn't be something more important in that to help Educators feel like they are valued, that they're appreciated, and they're supported. Those two things, I think, are so important. And what's really exciting today is we get to go all the way down to Tucson. All the way down. All All the way way down to Tucson (laughs) to meet our next guest, who you're going to introduce here in just a second. Go ahead. Yes, I'm, I'm so grateful that I get to introduce my very dear friend, Robin Blumenthal, Uh, She is the local outreach pastor at Pantano Christian Church, and she also does a great deal of parenting and trauma-informed training for all kinds of communities, schools, and other community members. And so, Robin, I'm so glad to have you on the call. And I would just love to hear what you have been doing in supportive schools as you work with uh, your church and with the community. Well, thank you, Tracy and Tim. I'm excited to be here. And I think there's probably no greater time in our history than um, right now that our educators need to know that the faith community is behind them, that neighbors are behind them, that local businesses are behind them. Because whatever they went to school for, it was certainly not to learn how to educate or love on kids in a pandemic. The things that have changed so much in education, uh, just weekly sometimes for schools, (laughs) the different different mandates, right? How do they reach kids in a way that they were never trained? In addition to the heavy, like the story we just heard in the other uh, impactful things that educators do on a daily basis that has been multiplied the need for that uh, you know, so much more in the last couple of years with the pandemic. Absolutely. And and so the thing that is so cool is that you guys are doing something about it. That's what I just love. You're not only talking about, but taking steps to actually care. So can you share some of those with us? Absolutely. Uh, during the last few months, we have had the opportunity. Uh, we happen to have a large church campus and we have a lot of people who love educators. And so we thought, why, why can't we open our campus for offsite events for uh, teachers, for staffs? And um, we've had several different school districts take us up on that. And then we thought, well, if they're going to come here, we may as well feed them lunch or feed them breakfast. And then the more we thought about that, well, wouldn't it be great if we could give them little gifts? So we gave them each a little care package. And then we had gifts they could choose from a table. And most of it really, it was more the, they say the thought that counts, but really it was about letting them know that we value what you bring to the table. We know that the number one protective factor in a child's life is a caring relationship. And many times that caring, trusting relationship is from an educator. So how can we undergird the educators? And so that's been something that we have been doing the last few months. 
which then led us to a big initiative we're getting ready to launch. You wanted me to tell you about this big initiative? Because I am so excited. I totally do. Well, you texted me that you were doing this. And before the text even like barely got to my phone, I picked up my phone and called you. And it was like, are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, tell me, tell me. So I want to know. So we were thinking, how can we multiply this? We have hundreds of schools. You know, what can we do? And so we started uh, using several different models that we saw Thrivent Action Teams has a model where they give money for individuals in it's a financial planning group where they give money to people like you or I who are members to then use that money as seed money to do a blessing. So I thought, well, gosh, what if we could empower the people of our church to pick a school of their choice and give them $200 of seed money to then in turn bless the staff at a school of their choice? So in addition to that, maybe they would invite another friend to join them, neighbors to join them, partner with a local business, gather with a a small group of of people or other parents. And we thought, how many schools could we bless? Because if I'm just doing a meal at a school or just our church is doing one or two, you know, or even 10 or 20, but what if we could get 200 people in our church to each use this $200 to then in turn bless a school, whether that's through a gifts or donuts or coffee or uh, calling the principal and saying, hey, what kind of food do your teachers like? You know, does your staff like? So, so this snowballed. So we'll be launching it at the end of March. And as we were talking to our team, everyone got so excited. They said, well, certainly we want to appreciate all the teachers and educators and the people who the support staff in our own congregation. So we're going to have everybody step forward as we launch this. So we've already ordered our 250 Dutch Bros $5 gift cards so that we can make sure we have enough in our congregation. And then we will launch this so that anybody actually can choose a school use the seed money to bless their school and gather more people with them. So we're hoping that that will at least affect, you know, 200 schools and many more people who are going to be a part of that. 200 schools each getting blessed for their staff for teacher appreciation in the Tucson area. That's just blows my mind. That is so beautiful. Absolutely. And that's $40,000. And honestly, I'm like, I hope more do it. I hope that we have to go to our congregation and say, we had 300 people. We need some more people yes. to give. Because right. I'm like, why yes. not? Right? We have a ton of schools. I don't want anyone to miss out. Uh, and so we have had to figure out all the systems with that. Um, but we're just excited to see maybe that just the, the educators everywhere and support staff everywhere and the custodial staff, right? The front desk staff, everybody will be able to say, hey, I was seen and valued and loved on by the people of Tucson. Agreed. And you know, what's so important what, with what you're doing as we all know, you know, in society, we're going through this great resignation where everyone is really kind of reevaluating what their future looks like. And I, I believe, based on what I've heard, is that it's hitting the education sector the most. And this is the time of the year where teachers and administrators are making decisions about next year as if they're going to return. And it's critical that we come in at that critical moment and remind them that they're loved and they're valued and that things are going to get better. Because unlike being able to just swap an employee at a fast food restaurant, we can't do that in the education system because of all of the rigorous requirements that go into someone being certified to work in the system. It's not an easy swap. And so it becomes a huge potential crisis on the horizon. And I'm just so thankful that your congregation sees this and is stepping up in faith and doing something to communicate that. The one question I have, because 
you know, as people are listening, they're probably thinking, wow, that's a pretty big project. I have to imagine that as you were going down this path, that you ran into some obstacles along the way. Can you kind of share some of those obstacles and maybe how you um, navigated around them to get to the point that you're at right now? Yeah, there was definitely, when the idea first hit me, I thought, well, it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission, but $40,000 is a lot of forgiveness, right? So I needed to go, first of all, to our accounting team and say, here's what I want to do. Is this possible? How can we make this happen? So we had to work through everything from, I, I don't want to hand out cash, right? That's not best practice. Right. So, uh, and we want to know it. where it's going. That's, that's right. And so uh, as people will fill out a form through our database, um, they would list the school they're going to choose. And then they would select, do they want a Visa gift card or a Costco gift card or an Amazon gift card based on the project they're going to do? Uh, certainly a Visa gift card is great, but then we got to pay those fees. That's going to add up 200 people times right. another you know, $5 right. in fees. That's going to add up to all those Dutch gift cards. So <laughs> unless there's out. someone from Visa listening and you want to wipe away those <laughs> transaction fees, Absolutely. Right? let's just put that out there in the universe. Let's put it all out right. there. All right, go ahead. Absolutely. So they'll they'll check which card and then we're going to um, have them pick up rather than mailing all that. That gets a little hairy too, more. right? Mm-hmm. Did it receive there? Well, not only that, but what if they didn't receive it? You know, where do we have all this money going out? So they'll pick up a, a little blessing kit that will um, share the information, give them some creative ideas in case that that is something that they need. Uh, we will ask for them to turn in their receipts so that we can have some accountability. Should we ever be audited? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I say, well, we don't ever want to happen to that $40,000. And our hope is that we will get most of those back. Uh, we wanted to, that we have everybody sign like that they're going to use the card for the intended purpose. Mm-hmm. And we do also want just one per school. There's so many schools so then we also have people select, would you be willing, uh, let's say, Tracy, you were going to do Washington Elementary, uh-huh. and, and are you willing for somebody else who wanted to do Washington to call you and maybe connect with you in some way to join forces? Not with our other $200, but you might have that money. You might know the, the local subway. You might know um, a mom and pop restaurant that's really close by mm-hmm. who might be willing to do something at cost or work at a deal. So we really tried to think of all the different um, barriers that somebody might come up against, as well as the legalities and the best practices on our end to do that. And and as a side note, I was just going to say that we also want to know when we support and appreciate all of those educators and support staff in our service, we also want to know the schools that they're at so that we can have a feel for how many different schools are supported by our faith community. And in the future, if we want to support other schools, we have some contacts out there of people who are at those schools. So it's it's a kind of a win-win-win across the board is how we see it. You're, you're trying to create sustainability and movement. You're trying to say, hey, let's use this opportunity to not only care for 200 schools, the staff of 200 schools, which is a lot of staff uh, with this money, but also could we build relationships so that that continues and of course, I mean, that the thing that seems kind of funny to me is there might even be competition over who gets to use their $200 for which school, right? And so if you're trying to, <laughs> hopefully that will be a good competition and you've been thinking through how to help them work together and spread out and make sure that everybody is loved and cared for. Absolutely. And we have a, a sign up genius happens to be the tool that we're using that lists the different districts as well as the schools and gives an idea of how many staff are at each school. Mm-hmm. So that if a, somebody selects a school, they'll have some kind of a basic 
uh, idea of how many people that they will need to either feed or bless or provide donuts and coffee for. And then we have, we don't want to forget our charter schools or our private schools. So we also have a separate list and have listed several that we know of partnerships that many of our members may be a part of. But then they have the opportunity to list that school. And there's a lot of schools that maybe we don't even know about. Um, And we want to just make sure that we're not ruling anyone out um, and that we are being able to tap into the relationships that already exist for parents or workers who are connected to a school or have their children attend a school or it's in their neighborhood. Because we know that it's all about relationship. And that's what our teachers need to know more than anything else, that, that we are here, that we support them, and we're willing to have the kind of relationship that they might need during times like this. Real humans who are rubbing up against the need of other real humans, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. That is, that is so cool. Well, Robin, I want to ask you something. Oftentimes, we're aware of the need in schools and how valuable it is to give and serve. We know what the school is experiencing. And that's what we've been talking about. But I also believe that it feels good to give. And so uh, my question to you is, how will doing this initiative impact Pantano? Based on your experience of what you've already been doing with Pantano, how do you think it's going to impact them? I think it's going to impact them in the way that we all want to know that we make a difference in life. And when we can see the difference, when we can celebrate the difference, it's not that we're unwilling to do things behind the scenes, because certainly we are, but there's something about knowing that you had an impact. And I think that that's what we hope our members will walk away with, that they were able to impact not only a school, but a whole city of educators yes. and those individuals who serve in the schools, because it's about the, the healthy relationships. It's about we are here for each other. It's about our community cares for each other and supports each other during hard times. And I think when the faith community can join alongside the education community, we can all do that better. We can, we may not all believe the same thing, but we can all care about our kids and our students. And I think that's what our, our members will walk away with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think in, in the state, in the state of the world that we're in today, when we can find common ground and really rally around that common ground and that common focus is really good from a community perspective. So I just want to say, you know, Robin, congratulations for having a big vision like that, for stepping out in faith, for taking that risk to ask crazy questions of, hey, what do you think? Could you give me $40,000 to do this thing? (laughs) I mean, you know, I understand how sometimes whenever you approach that, there's that internal thing in your brain saying, don't do it, don't Mm -hmm. do it. And I think it's really exciting that you kind of worked past that. And the takeaway from my perspective and the challenge that I have for our listeners is when you have those moments where you have a vision that you think is too big, really lean into it because most likely that is something that needs to be taken addressed attention to and listened to and acted on. So again, I just want to say thank you. Congratulations. We're so excited about what you're doing. And as we wrap up today's show, we really want to take a moment and we really want each of our listeners to stop and think, what could I do today to rally my community to really make sure that our teachers and our administrators and our educators end this year feeling valued, feeling appreciated, feeling refreshed, but more importantly, ready to come back next year to do it again? And the date of Teacher Appreciation Nationally is the first week of May. 
Yeah. Every year, the first week of May is the date. So you want to think now, think now, what simple thing can we do? It doesn't have to be $40,000, but there's a school right down from your house. You could drop off donuts yes. right during that week. Something Agreed. simple. Do it. Do it. Absolutely. Do Absolutely. It. I love what School Connect does and how they get behind our educators, our support staff, and what a difference it makes. So thank you for having me today. You are very welcome. Again, thank you for the opportunity. And we would just ask all of our listeners, again, like the show, share the show, give us your feedback, post some comments, uh, continue joining us on your journey as we continue to connect our communities to school. Thank you for listening to the School Connect podcast and for being part of our village. Be sure to follow, review, and share this podcast on your chosen platform because more collective voices equal more progress for our kids. If you're interested in finding out more about School Connect and seeing how you can make a difference, go to schoolconnectaz.org for more information.